0: What's Good Friends List episode 82 of the Game Pass Gamecast coming at you. As more time goes on, we're beginning to learn that the story of Cyberpunk 2077's development hasn't been written in pencil, but instead of pen, as more allegations of low pay, excessive crunch, and what appears to be an additional two-year release window seem to have all been on the table at one point. So, this week, we examine these new reports brought forth, what this looks like for the legacy of CD Projekt Red, why such a drastic disconnect has developed between its staff and management, and really why the once expected evolutionary experience lost its vision along the way. Also, a new Resident Evil showcase has been revealed, and with it comes some new details for not only the upcoming Resident Evil Village, but a few surprises as well. Missed out on the announcements? Don't worry, we got you covered. Plus, Team Ninja, the story developer of both the Ninja Gaiden and Neo series, is working on a new title. But unfortunately for Mike, it doesn't look to be a new entry in either of the previously mentioned franchises. With that being the case, then what are they working on? What does the next step in development for Team Ninja look like? All of this and much more on the newest jam packed episode of the Game Pass Gamecast. <laughs> now the fun begins. it. to another episode of the Game Pass GameCast, your weekly go-to podcast for all things Xbox. Xbox Game Pass and PC gaming, including news, rumors, and conversations around them damn good video games. You can catch new episodes of the show when they drop each and every Friday morning on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all other major podcast services. So be sure to subscribe to us, rate us, review us, all that jazz that I tell you every week, wherever you get a podcast at, and follow us on Twitter at gp gc podcast stay up to date with everything regarding the show video games like and our dope giveaways i'm your host as always travis white aka travelers on most internet platforms joining me as always my partner in crime mike ppeck mike what's good what's going on and i want to save the whole deep run of it because that's one of our main topics of the show but we're right off the heels of it man we're coming live literally right after it how fucking hype are you for resident evil 8 man I'm fucking jazzed. I'm like fucking ready to go. Like, is it May 7th? Like, let's fucking jump into it.
1: Right. I am ecstatic. I basically saw a lot of what I wanted to see from this game um, from a release standpoint, because there had been tons of leaks going on. Obviously, that's not a secret. Everyone knows that there's there's been a lot of leaked material coming out, coming out. And um, obviously, just really ecstatic to kind of see what what they've been working on and and, and what's going what's going going on here. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, you know, it's just something that I have always been a bit of a I've always been a um, Resident Evil, uh, somewhat of a fan, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I have never been you know so hyped coming off like of the success that Seven had. And I'm just excited to see what they have, you know, they have in store for us with this game that they're coming out with.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and I'm very similar to you to an extent. Like, I have history, really. I... I played a little bit of four when it first came out back in the day via a friend, like on GameCube when it was locked away. I never played the original up until, you know, years later or whatever. But five was really my kind of entry point to the series back then uh, on 360. So and it was to me, granted, much different than what, you know, Resident Evil was the inception of Resident Evil and what it was first brought to uh, five being much more of a you know, third-person shooter compared to, you know, a, um, you know, a survival horror game to an extent, but tons of fun, and it's a fucking fantastic co-op, uh, multiplayer game, to, like a co-op game to play with somebody, uh, I can't recommend it, you can even play it now, uh, I would say backwards, com- well, yeah, technically backwards compatible now with last gen, they had a, they had a, uh, xbox one version that did come out for it so uh remastered version of it but highly recommend that but um you know really what kind of reignited my love with resident evil and made me a super fan was seven and i talk about that all the time but we'll get into that um obviously as we kind of go into the show but I, I'm just fucking hyped, man. I'm so hyped. Besides that, besides Resident Evil Talk, which we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, what have you been playing, man? It's it's been, I'm sure, kind of all over this week. Uh, I know you and I have been playing a ton of different things like League and things like that, but what else have you been playing?
1: Um, yeah, for me, I've just been kind of sticking with the somewhat normal stuff, if you will. But mm-hmm. uh the big noticeable like difference that I have been been mixing in there uh, besides like phasmophobia and everything i have like started to pick up just the game of chess just from like a just like uh like a level of just a beginner not someone who's taking it super serious just someone who is genuinely interested in the game and this isn't coming off the heels of like watching the queen's Gambit because i watched that a long time ago Uh it's just a genuine thing of like being interested in the game and enjoying it Uh so that's something that i've been doing that's that's not quite a video game a video game per se, cool. but I had a Halo tournament on Sunday, another one of the draft tournaments where I was the uh, first round pick. I was sixth overall, and my team placed fifth. Uh, we got to the winter semis finals. We had a long wait for the semi finals game, mm-hmm. kind of went into it cold. You know, we started out the tournament very hot. Mm-hmm. And what happened was is we wound up going like ice cold because we had sat for so long, and also. Um, you know, then to the losers bracket, we were waiting even longer and uh, or almost even longer, and uh, you know, then we end up coming up short there. So, obviously, not the outcome we wanted, but you know, sixth place, nothing to really be super distraught over because Mm -hmm. it, it, you know, it is you know, somewhat successful. Um, But obviously, would have just liked to have a little bit more success than, than what we had there. Mm-hmm.
0: No, definitely. And But at least at the end of the day, we're seeing more and more of these grassroots programs, you know, come up. And I know you kind of rave of, you know, Penn Halo in general, uh, at least on a local standpoint or a regional standpoint, I guess you could say, um, you know, as being, you know, such a kind of beacon of I don't want to say positivity, but like this place that you know, is being this beacon of grassroots movements for the game, for the platform of MCC and really Halo in general, Um, you know, while there are so many, you know, you look at CS and you look at all these other competitive first person shooters and there's so many different avenues where, you know, Halo has, you know, HCS, but outside of that, it's much more grassroots that you find um, with it right now just because of, you know, the level of interest and whatnot that the game kind of has right now compared to a lot of bigger titles. Um, but, you know, hopefully that's obviously, you know, knock on wood, that changes as we get later into this year and infinite comes out and, you know, hopefully people gel with it and connect with it. And we see similar success, you know, with the first person shooter, spe- especially it being, you know, free to play, as we kind of talked about you know previously so many other times. Um, but but that's great. But that's great. On my end, um, like I kind of talked about last week, I've been trying to learn the league. You and I have been playing. Adam's been playing um, uh, kind of here and there. I also started up a new save on Fallout New Vegas. I haven't played that. And I think it's literally because Adam's been like balls deep into it. And it's one of those. He's talked about it a few times. And I'm like, man, you know what? I'm kind of getting that Fallout itch. Like, I I played four a couple of months ago yet again. I mean, I've played through that game multiple times at this point. But Um, You know, four is it's just more three, only a little more dumbed down, as we kind of talked about before. But, you know, uh, Fallout New Vegas really scratches that specific RPG itch that so many other first person RPGs really seem to miss the mark. And we're talking 10 plus years later now that it's. It's still so many things that, you know, Obsidian just fucking knocked it out of the park with that game from a storytelling standpoint, from an immersion standpoint, from just really hitting what Fallout is. And the big thing that I always thought Bethesda doesn't, and and I like Bethesda Fallout games, don't get me wrong, but the thing that I always think really Bethesda misses when it comes to how their interpretation of Fallout is, that I think Obsidian and obviously interplay beforehand got right was that Bethesda focuses too much on the absolute apocalypse per uh, portion of fallout where they're more worried about. And it's very evident within, you know, fallout four where, you know, you're picking yourself up, you know, right off. It feels much more, we're more worried about, Oh, this world has gone to shit. Look at this desolate world. Look at the environment around you where, what I think is so strong with the original fallout games and especially obsidian's iteration of fallout with new Vegas is that they focus more on, no, this is a world that is rebuilding and has been rebuilt. And this is what society is like now. And they focus more on that than the actual just, Oh, you're playing a post-apocalyptic game where this is more, no, you're playing in a world that has been rebuilt and this is what the new society is. And those stories that they can tell with that. So I've been really having a lot of fun with that. Um, g- diving back in, I've only just kind of started it last night, really. So, um, you know, I'm just kind of rediving into it and stuff, and it's been great though. Uh, but outside of that, what I've been playing too with my fiance, baby, we started up a new save on The Wolf Among Us, getting back into it, baby. One of my favorite games of all time, honestly, like probably top ten favorite game, um, easily my favorite tail toe game, uh, but. We just, I just had that itch of something her and I could just sit there, you know, play it on, you know, we usually play it on Xbox, but I was like, you know what, I, I've been wanting to test out my, uh, the Steam Link app that's on our smart TV. I'm like, let's play it on Steam. I have it on Steam. You know, let's just load it up from there. It's been great. Um, you know the latency is ridiculously good for a built-in app for a tv for steam Um, so we've been playing it on that and we're on the fourth episode now we've just been playing a little bit every night and it's just been really good to have that i always like having things that we could both play together uh, just so i could game more Um, so her being interested in doing those things and playing games like telltale games like um, and she's a big fan of resident evil 7 too she loved playing through that with me so um, you know, we'll definitely, you know, be playing that together, but uh, Telltale games and things like that always kind of the choose your own adventure-esque experiences uh, are always so great for us. So it's been great to dive back into that just because that game never gets old no matter how many times I play it. it, it still just, it, it scratches an itch that is so hard to hit for so many other narrative-driven games of a similar caliber that, you know, it, it's just really hard to get that same feeling so i and i we kind of preach of it all the time we're just so excited for season two finally coming out or really i guess wolf among us too because it'll be i would imagine somewhat of a new iteration uh on what was previously done but since it'll be a new team a new version of telltale working on this i imagine there's going to be some creative liberties taken at times with it but i digress mike just so we can get into talking about resident evil here soon let's let's go through button mash because i'm ready to talk about resident evil i'm not gonna lie uh so let's jump in the button mash hit the quick quick hit stuff before we get into our big topics for this week starting out with excitement was sparked today after fans spotted xbox game pass suggesting fallout or fall Fall guys i got fallout on the mind now fall guys would be arriving soon but medi uh mediatonic but Mediatonic and Devolver have since squashed that idea with the publisher saying there are quote, no plans for the game to hit a subscription service. So kind of a follow up to last week, how we've talked about that. Bit. Is it coming to Xbox Game Pass? Is it not? Yada yada. I think it's inevitable that it'll come to Xbox, but who knows? As pointed out by Ron Bag on Reddit, the Xbox Game Pass Instagram account recently replied to a user hoping for fall as on Game Pass by saying, quote, it's coming. However, after news started spreading today, the, the game's official Twitter account and publisher Devolver moved to deny it explained to journalist Tom Warren that there are, quote, no plans for the popular game to come to, quote, any form of Pass, meaning the Xbox, PC, or cloud versions of the service. It's not clear how the miscommunication happened, but Fall Guys Twitter account called it a, quote, bit of a mix-up. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a bit of a misconnect whenever you're saying it's coming uh, from your official account. That's kind of... Might want to check with that intern who's running that account. <laughs> uh-huh. A second class action lawsuit has been filed against Cyberpunk 2077 developer and publisher CD Projekt, which shocker, we have another story about them coming up later in the show. Uh, submitted by a law firm representing the studio's investors, CD Projekt itself states in a regulatory announcement that it has received the lawsuit, which has been filed in the U.S. District Court for the Central District of California on behalf of its investors. The content of the claim is said to be the same as the one filed against the studio at the end of last year. The first lawsuit claims that investors were misled about the performance of Cyberpunk 2077 on Xbox One and PlayStation 4 consoles. Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Quarantine will not be released on March 21st, despite Ubisoft's own Kinect service listing that as its release date. Which is a very specific date to be like, oh no, that's not when it's coming out. Yeah, usually when it's a placeholder, it's like December 31st, 2021, or whatever, you know, but I digress. Fans noticed that the Ubisoft Connect website had begun listing the game for PS4, Xbox One, and PC release on March 21st, 2021. However, an Ubisoft spokesperson confirmed to IGN that this date is incorrect. It's not clear how the, or what has caused the game. Rainbow Six Quarantine is currently slated only for release in Ubisoft's 2021-22 financial year, which stems from April 1st, 2021 to March 31st, 2022, after being formally delayed, along with Far Cry 6 in October last year. Some had take, er, taken Ubisoft's connect date to mean that the game's release had been quietly pushed forward, but sadly, it's not been true. An artist that has worked on *Elden Ring*, which is the new game from, from software that's coming up, teaser uh, on the teaser trailer for *Elden Ring* had posted concept art made for it, and made it very clear that he has no intimate knowledge of the game. Of course, this being *Elden Ring*, Elden Ring the community has gone wild with delight. Nonetheless, it's been genuinely loved. Posted on an art art station account, Gabriel Bjork, St- uh, Star, Storm. There we go. Hopefully I didn't butcher that too bad. Showed off several concept pieces, along with the observation about why they weren't eventually used in the game's E3 announcement trailer. On the Elden Ring subreddit, Steinstorm uh, posted a statement to contextualize the work and any cool speculation about a potential new details hidden in the art. He ends the statement by saying, quote, You can read into the concept as much as concept art as much as you like, but I really have no knowledge of the game. And finally, Mike. Bungie has announced that it will close its Halo archives in February or one out, which means we will, or which will mean player stats, screenshots, and files from the developers' Halo games will be gone forever. Detailed as part of the studio's weekly update blog post, Bungie explained that on February 9th, the Halo.Bungie.Net website will be taken offline permanently. Player stats files and screenshots from Halo 2, Halo 3, OEST, and Reach are currently stored on the website, although those archives have not been updated in almost nine years. For the better part, or best part of the decade, the website has effectively been in stasis, acting as a memorial for the pr- Bungie's pre-Destiny days. Players have, uh, players now have until February 9th to save their stats and files should they wish. which, poor one out man, I did hop on actually today uh, when I was putting the show notes together and I heard about this earlier this week, I was like, oh yeah, I need to get on there and it reminded me, oh I should hop on there and going back and seeing some of my like Halo 3 screenshots and things like that, that I'm like, god damn, I remember doing that like even on the, I remember the last level of Halo 3, if you super jump to, you have to do it in co-op, if I remember correctly. But super jumping to the last one part of this level across this big corridor, you'll find some, like, cutout of a Bungie developer, like, shirtless, like, just moving up and down. It's really weird. And I have a picture of it on there. I was like, oh, my God, I remember exactly when I was doing that. It was, like, 2 in the morning doing it with a couple of, like, our friends from high school. So it, it, it was really nice to go back and look at that. But, Mike, before we hop into the big topics for this week, anything you want to run back on Button Mash?
1: Um, yeah, the, uh... Biggest thing that I would like to, you know, kind of talk about is quarantine being delayed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that obviously with everything that's going on in the world, it, it's not surprising or shocking that this is being delayed. Mm-hmm. It's just something that is becoming, well, pretty normal uh, in today's day and age, just based on everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, this is a game that I was pretty excited for just because I've been a Ubisoft fan for a long time before they were Ubisoft when they were. Red Storm Entertainment, and then eventually they became U- Ubisoft. Because uh, I do love classic Rainbow Six games, and not that this was gonna fill that itch or or anything, but mm-hmm. Rainbow Six games are always a game that I'll give a shout, I'll give a try because there is a specific taste that I have that only those types of games can kind of fill the void. And uh, you know, I was really hoping for that to come out. So obviously, you know, Far Cry is also delayed, so it looks like a full on delay from Ubisoft there, but. Um, I have to say, man, um, Bungie taking down its Halo archive in February is is pretty depressing. Um, yeah. it's something that like I'm actually shocked it hadn't been done up to uh, like yet. Like it's surprising that it still exists, but it's something that um, is a shame, man. I, I mm-hmm. it almost feels like they should just leave it up because it was part of so many people's childhoods and and everything mm-hmm. that people are gonna want to go back and look at these things but uh it's a it's a sign of the times that you know we're starting to get older and and things change and that's the way it is so mm-hmm. um obviously pour one out for you know the the people at Bungie that worked on halo and pour one out for all your halo profiles that are sitting there haven't been looked at in so long and uh you know i'm sure that that site's getting a large amount of traffic at this point in time based on the fact that you know obviously they're gonna be deleting that
0: yeah it it is like kind of what you said it's it's such a like, it's great because it's always been such a memorial almost that like, and like, uh, you know, their update, Bungie's update did say like, really, this hasn't been touched in like, nine years, they haven't updated or done anything on that end. But I think it's so important to have something like this available because it tells the history of a company. And granted, it's a cost to keep running. I'm sure it's cost for a server to have that up and to maintain all that. Halo three was one of the most popular console shooters of all time. Like there's a lot of data that's stored on there, you know, so it, it makes sense and I get it. But at the same time for a company like Bungie, who has made a ton of money off of this, not only that franchise, but even more so off of destiny now that, you know, that's, that's a important piece of history for them, that it's like, you know, it just stinks to see that eventually go away that, you know, it, it would have been nice to really see this kind of maintained or kept over time. And granted, you know, MCC, MCC is there right now to, you know, house a lot of this stuff and you can get a lot of these same, you know, moments and things out of that with that. But at the same time, this is really history that you're looking at, not only, you know, Bungie's history, but also player history. I mean, looking at, you know, I'm, I just pulled up mine again here to look at it and, You know, some of the files on there that I find like, oh, there was I remember one of the uh, one of the racing maps that we made on the pit that I downloaded Like Mm -hmm. and I got a sweet like picture of me doing a wall ride with like an explosion in the background, like things like that, that I'm like, that's just like I just remember sitting like late in a Friday night playing it, you know, early in the morning at that point. Like some of these games that it's just like, man, that's that's your history. That's your, you know. That's such an integral part of my, you know, gaming legacy, I guess, if you want to call it, that I look back on at such fond memories that it's like, you know, it, it, it's hard to recreate a lot of those moments because it's so, you know, antiquated and so a touchstone of its time, I guess. Uh, like the file share system compared to now where it's so easy to share a large screen or like large, uh, large scale files and different things, uh, streaming such a big thing now, like compared to you look at, you know, back then the file share system was it like that was the easiest way to capture game footage and things like that because, you know, capture cards were such a taboo thing, even back then for at a consumer level that it's like now everybody and their brother has an Elgato for the most part, you know, who streams or does anything. So it's just such a, A product of its time but it's so to me so integral and so important to just the just the history of not only Bungie but you know our generation of gaming for the most part and online gaming in general it's such a you know big portion of what made console you know online console gaming so just impactful so pour one out man pour one out for Bungie pour one out for you know what they built with halo and really this being that last pillar of, you know, their legacy of halo kind of closing the door on. So it's sad, but at the end of the day, it is what it is, you know, but Mike, let's change the tune a little bit. Let's, let's be a little more possible. Let's fucking talk about resident evil, man. I'm fucking hype. Let's get into it. So if you weren't in tune with it, Today, we're recording on Thursday, the 21st of January, there was a Resident Evil showcase, a, a like Nintendo DirectX thing that, you know, hey, we're going to give you, you know, new info on Resident Evil 8 Village and, you know, some other projects that we're working on. Uh, you know, and a lot of people thought, hey, is this where we're going to see, you know, the rumored Resident Evil 4 remake that, you know. It's clear they're working on, Um, but, you know, uh, unfortunately, we didn't see that, but we got a lot of cool stuff. So let's dive into it. Firstly, kicking off with, obviously, we got a release date. Resident Evil Village release date revealed in new trailer. This comes from Tyler Fisher over on comicbook.com, as always, link in the description. Today, Capcom finally revealed Resident Evil Village 8 or Resident Evil 8 Villages release date. More specifically today, Capcom revealed that the next mainline installment in Resident Evil will be released on PS5, PS4, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S and PC. That's a fucking mouthful on May 7th, 2021, which is a little bit later than I expected. So it's going to be a long wait. I'm not going to lie. I digress. To accompany this announcement, Capcom also revealed a brand new trailer of the game, showing off its survival horror gameplay alongside previewing its story characters and more. Releasing when it is, Resident Evil Village looks poised to be one of the biggest games of 2021, and as Capcom has noted, it's a great jumping in point for newcomers. However, it is directly connected to Resident Evil 7. Not only is it set a few years after the events of Resident Evil 7, but it has the same protagonist, Ethan Winters, quote, experienced several horror like never before, uh, experienced survival horror, I'm sorry, like never before in the eighth major installment in the story Resident Evil franchise, Resident Evil Village. Set a few years after the horrifying event in the critically acclaimed Resident Evil 7, the all-new storyline begins with Ethan Winters and his wife, Mia, living peacefully in a new location, free from their past nightmares. Just as they are building their new life together, tragedy befalls them once again. Shocker. (laughs) When Resident Evil 7 released, the series wasn't in a great place. In fact, you could say Resident Evil 7 uh, resuscitated the franchise a bit. Since then, Capcom has re- released a pair of impressive remakes from Resident Evil 2 and 3 and has branched out to other mediums as well. In other words, Resident Evil Village has far more, con- expe- far more expectations to live up to than previous mainline installments. Thankfully, especially for Capcom, it looks poised to live up to those expectations. Resident Evil Village will be available for PS5, Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S, PS4, Xbox One, and PC when it releases, and you can follow them for more coverage. We're, this stuff's all kind of breaking, so we're, like, reading, pulling info right as it's, like, coming out and everything like that, so you kind of have to bear with us a little bit, but on top of that, too, they also released, uh, revealed that Resident Evil Reverse, a free component of Resident Evil 7 that'll be included with it, is also releasing like day and date with the game. And it's basically a like six player uh, deathmatch uh, gameplay event that or gameplay mode that includes all like previous uh, heroes and villains and stuff from the Resident Evil uh, universe, which is pretty cool. And, you know, something Mike and I were talking about too, that like, you know, something like that is really going to be the feather in the cap for an experience that you know from Resident Evil 7 specifically me who I quote that as being like three-fourths of a perfect horror game um or a survival horror game I should say that it really you know what the remakes had that benefited them was replayability and you know different challenges and things like that where Resident Evil 7 de- just didn't have that much or as much as those so this is definitely a nice welcome cause or welcome uh, addition to it uh and then additionally too. Um, which is kind of cool i have a bunch of friends who still play division they're doing a crossover resident evil and capcom are doing a crossover event with the division two where you'll be able to get a like leon kennedy outfit and you know different events throughout um i believe february they're going to be doing it yeah february um you know so it'll be kind of cool leading up to it that you'll have like chris redfield join and things like that like it's really cool. Starting February 2nd, uh, the Division 2, they're going to have some stuff with that. They also talked about some of the uh, animated films and whatnot, and I can't remember if they mentioned anything about the live action film that's coming out later this year, but um, you know, kind of more so on the back end of stuff. Uh, obviously, we're a little more focused on the gameplay of it, but uh, we got tons of new gameplay footage, um, different things like that that are kind of focused on, you know, obviously Resident Evil eight kind of coming forward but um one thing that does kind of suck though um for xbox fans that is and pc fans and whatnot who are playing these on different platforms uh with that uh marketing deal that they do have because it seems like sony has the marketing rights for the game this time around um they will be offering a maiden demo uh for the game that is released today but it's ps5 exclusive so but luckily uh they did capcom did say that hey We're going to be revealing a new demo that is for all platforms a little bit later in the spring when they do an additional, um, uh, what am I trying to say, showcase event. I think they said they're going to do another one and that will probably accompany that from what it seems like. So everybody will at least get a chance to play a demo of this game at some point. So I'm excited to play it, but it does suck that I was hoping to play it on PC, um, but I'll be able to play it on PS5. I can let everyone know how it is because I think a lot of people will be interested in it. So that'll kind of be my like report back for next week, but tons and tons and tons and tons of new info coming out about Resident Evil seven. So Mike, just right off the cuff, man, what do you think? What is, this is? The, I mean, we've seen some gameplay quote unquote game gameplay previously revealed for the game, which really was not gameplay, but you know, there's a lot of lot more depth to what we saw today uh, from Resident Evil 8. Uh, that kind of really sets the tone for this game moving forward. Um, and you know, really, I got a ton, and it, it seems like it really seems like watching this. It's clear what Capcom's trying to do. They wanted to first solidify, hey the first person perspective can work with resident evil. We're going to do it. And that's what they really, I felt set out to do with seven, almost distancing themselves from other tropes of resident evil, which I see tropes in a more neutral way than, you know, negative or anything like that. Um, But more, more so the characteristics of a traditional resident evil game um, with that first person that they want to distance themselves, know to say, Hey, this is a new generation of resident evil, but we want to make sure this works from the ground up. Um, And it does. But watching this, uh, this gameplay reveal, really, I can feel so many hints of the original Resident Evil being in the castle and almost feels very akin to being in the mansion within the first game. On top of that, too, very much hints of the, you know, monsters and enemies and beasts that you will encounter feel very resident evil four and it feels much more it has elements of that action elements with that and it's such a molding of that but with finally getting this resident evil 7 cloak over top of it so there's a lot of different angles that this game's coming at that i feel look like it's going to work so mike kind of right off the cuff what do you think where's your mind at right now with resident evil 8
1: um yeah i saw a lot of good things that i was really excited to see with this release or uh know this official release because there has been leaks and things of that nature that people have been talking about for a while Mm -hmm. so it's nice to finally get some official word on this and um you know the biggest thing i noticed about it you know obviously there's a lot there can be a lot of speculation about you know what does this mean for eight uh the release was pretty you know it covered quite a bit of information but also could have left some things up to the imagination I think the biggest thing that that we're looking at is like the for the 25th anniversary of Resident Evil. It's really nice that they're going to provide us with the free multiplayer game. Uh-huh. Now, um, you know, if, if if you are looking at it from the outside in, and you're like, why are they developing a multiplayer game when if, when they're focused on single players primarily? And this is a this is a situation where they are actually outsourcing the entire multiplayer game to a different uh, studio. So it shouldn't take anything away from their first you know, their first uh, their work on the uh, first person story mode and everything of that nature. So that's pretty big. Uh And again, the multiplayer looks like it's going to be pretty casual. So uh, not too much out of the realm of expectation there uh, for sure. But moreover, the thing that I really was excited to see was that they stayed with first person. Um, When I was watching Maxi Loeb speedrun Resident Evil 7 the other day, uh, last night, Actually, it would have been Uh Um, he was talking about how he's not surprised that it's going to if it goes to first person because they completely revamped the engine and remade a game and went that direction. And for them to do it for one installment when it was arguably wildly successful Uh would be really silly of them. So that wasn't necessarily a surprise to a lot of the community. But to me personally, I um, it just kind of. Reinforce the fact that they're listening and paying attention, and they're a game dev that cares. Because I'm a little late to the game with Resident Evil. Um, I really did enjoy four. Uh, Adam had it for GameCube, and uh-huh. I really did love playing that game. And then five was just one that was not something that I enjoyed all that much, to be honest. Uh-huh. And I didn't touch it again until Resident Evil Seven. And you know, obviously, it was incredible. Uh, I loved that experience so much. Um. In fact, like I'm actually probably gonna pick up Resident Evil Seven, like maybe tonight, <laughs> and install <laughs> it and play it because I'm looking forward to it that much. But I think basically still
0: we, on Game Pass for PC. I
1: I think maybe it might be, and and that would be I. It's something that I would even I wouldn't even hate to invest in because it's that good type of thing. Oh well, yeah. I was gonna
0: say I picked it up on Steam, like Grand. I played it on console, I own it on console, but I replayed it over the summer picking it up during a Steam sale. And, like, playing it on PC just feels so goddamn good. Like, playing it compared to, like... You know, console, obviously, you know, it's going to be a much different version when you, like, just indifference between PC and whatnot within a first-person, but it just feels so fucking good with having that high, you know, playing, like you would playing on a high refresh monitor and things like that like it just it feels so goddamn good so if you can play it on pc i'm looking now to see if it still is on game pass for pc but yeah if you can't play it on play it on pc man it's for your yeah. second time around it is yeah it's on game pass yeah. on pc so there you go
1: <laughs> and i want to play i want to play the uh more difficult game so i think the first one i'll do i'll do a playthrough where i try to get a lot of the collectibles and things And the second one will be a harder difficulty playthrough mm-hmm. but it seems like they're taking a a lot of what they did right with seven, which trust me, there is a lot to have loved about resident evil Mm seven. That for everything they did right with resident evil seven, it feels like they are pushing that further. And again, we've talked about it at length, so I'll, I'll spare the details, but the boat scene obviously kind of killed resident evil Seven's momentum. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that resident evil eight lacks that kind of, You know, fallback, if you will, I guess you could call it, or downfall Mm -hmm. of you know falling into this trap where, man, this game's almost too believable. Yeah, (laughs) you know, we we should really see how far we can make this go, and it it was a very annoying gameplay thing for sure when it comes to Resident Evil Mm Seven. But as far as bringing it all back to Jack and his family really being victims Mm -hmm. and really being put to use by uh, Evie, um. if that is your intention i think that that was actually a reasonable story plot line and now it was still insane Mm -hmm. and it was still way over the top so i'm interested to see what they do with the village based on the gameplay that we saw or at least the footage that we saw it does look like they are still you're still going to be dealing with people you know that are maybe not tech i guess they're tech i guess they're technically zombies but like you know, there's some type of illness thing going on. It looked like we did get to see a a vision of an Uber enemy potentially Mm -hmm. throwing someone out of the cabin. Uh, There was a lot to like about this drop and it was one that is surely going to build hype going forward just simply because, um, you know, there's just so much to unpack there and it doesn't feel like they did anything really that bad or that Mm off-putting, especially by the multiplayer bringing it, bring it out with a caveat that's like, oh yeah, and by the way, you know, someone else is developing this. So Uh I I loved it. I'm thrilled, you know, that they're still pulling on the Ethan and and Mia strings because I felt like there was a lot of pull left there. You know, for a game that was as thorough as as Resident Evil 7 was, it didn't barely touch on Ethan and Mia. So Uh I think that they did a really good job kind of setting the scene for the next installment, which after Resident Evil 7, you almost... Anyone with, with like, two brain cells rubbed together would have known, like, obviously there's more to come type of thing, mm-hmm. but it's just nice that, you know, it's actually coming coming to life and, and we're going to see that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: No, definitely. And that was one of the things I really did like about Resident Evil 7, that I'm so glad that you know, starting out, it wasn't, like, it was a new protagonist. I was happy we went with Ethan compared to, you know, and of course, I mean, the this isn't spoiling anything with Resident Evil 7 by any means because they fucking show it, uh, you know, at uh, within the trailers and whatnot. But that, you know, Chris Redfield is involved. He's he's mm-hmm. part of Resident Evil 7, but not till the end. And of course, they do have those callbacks and things like that to show that, hey, this is within that universe and whatnot. But, you know, it's it it was it felt so refreshing going into that game, not worrying about. Hey, I have to worry about, you know, six games worth of backstory of all these characters. We're talking Chris Redfield, you know, Jill Valentine, uh, you know, Claire Redfield, Leon Kennedy, like so many characters, which I love and don't get me wrong. I really do adore in that universe, but it's daunting. And it's daunting for a lot of people to, you know, jump into a series that has that many entries into it. It almost has that Final Fantasy feel of it where granted, They're not all, you know, they're not all necessarily linear and it's more anthology to an extent, but the first couple games are and it it does play into that. And, you know, so it's 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 tough to it's daunting for new players, which they obviously clearly focused Resident Evil seven on being, hey, this is that this is that jumping in point for you. If you've never played a Resident Evil game, cool, here you go. You're you can jump in with this and you'll have no problem keeping up with it. Um, which I think was great. So you know, um, you know it it's really really a strong point of the series right now if you ask me. I'm happy to see that kind of carry over into Resident Evil 8. Um, we'll see to what extent because obviously I think you do still need to play the first game to know what the fuck's going on. Um, or I should say Resident Evil 7 to know what's going on um, especially with how they're pushing. During the stream, they talked about, uh or the showcase, oh, here, you could buy the complete version, which includes Resident Evil 7, so you're caught up. So clearly, like, they are going to be basing that off, of considering they're using Ethan Winters again and Mia and Chris Redfield. So, like, you know, I wouldn't be shocked <laughs> at the end of this game if fucking Jill Valentine shows up, you know, or Claire or Leon or something, or we get some kind of hint, especially, too, the fact that the merchant from Resident Evil 4 is in this game. So, like, or at least a incarnation of him who knows how that plays out. But, um, you know, so we'll definitely see obviously how that all kind of works together at the end of it. But I'm really excited for it. I'm really, really, really looking forward to seeing what Capcom does with this game, because there is really, there's not a lot writing on it. I don't want to say, Oh, there's a lot writing on this, but this could be that game that finally cements resident evil as this and it has been this premier franchise for a long time, but this franchise that is going to have the, it's able to carry the weight moving forward in a way that, you know, Assassin's Creed for a while couldn't, you know, it, it's it's not that we don't have to worry about that. Oh, it was a flash in the pan type of thing. Oh, the first person perspective was a gimmick. It's, it's not going to last long-term. They're going to go right back to the well. But I think Resident Evil, and we've kind of talked about it before, it has enough bandwidth, within that franchise to do multiple entries in terms of styles of play. Um, And and that kind of falls into, you know, us talking about uh, the multiplayer uh, reverse that's coming with this game that, you know, you could have so many different avenues for resident evil right now. You could have the first person perspective that's new to the mainline entries. You can have the remakes that have the over the shoulder, third person perspective. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if by the end of this year, since we're dealing with the uh, 25th anniversary of this series that, Hey, we get a fixed camera resident evil game akin to resident evil one and Two, the original uh, resident Evil entries, where there was a fixed camera. Like I wouldn't be shocked if we go down that, you know, rabbit hole. And by the end of this year, we get something like that. Um, you know, I, there's so many, I think there's so much breadth with this franchise that, you can go in so many different avenues for it. Um, you know, and this being the third or the 25th anniversary, like I wouldn't be shocked if we see a lot of that. And we, I wouldn't be shocked if we see that on full parade today, but, um, but outside of that, Mike, you know, talking about uh, the multiplayer component reverse, I keep wanting to call it revive for some reason, but you know, what do you want out of something like this? Like I'm sure this is something that like most multiplayer components of games that are primarily single player experiences, it's a cool throw in. It's a cool, you know, Hey, we're going to get to play this, you know, for a couple nights or whatever, but you know, what is something with this game that could be, you know, obviously I think we're going to go to left for dead first, (laughs) you know, when it comes to a zombie killing experience or whatever, but you know, what can something like this do to make this a game that, you know, hey, let's throw this in our stable of games that we're going to end up playing when we get everyone together. Because um, it seems like there's going to be PvE elements on top of PvP. Um, you know, so it seems like this is more multi-layered than before. So, you know, what to you does this kind of experience need to do to actually be a hit and not just be kind of a throwing gimmick or anything like that?
1: Uh, I think you just need to create an experience for people that even those who might not be as skilled as the next player mm-hmm. can enjoy so creating an experience that players who might not be as skilled or gifted at shooters can enjoy just as much as people who are at who are really good at shooters mm-hmm. and i think you need to find a proper balance there because i do think that like giving people the extra life that they're going to get is really an interesting idea because it'll keep people engaged. Once they die, it's not like, oh shit, I'm dead. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, yeah, I'm dead, but I still have, you know, I can still make this X, Y, or Z happen because I still have, have life basically. So I do think that that's going to be something that, you know, looking at this is going to give it some life or some, you know, extended semblance of that. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you know, it's gonna be very appealing to pretty much all r e fans that you're gonna be able to play all these legendary um all these legendary characters that have existed in the realm of the game for as long as they have so I'm really pumped for the multiplayer experience. I don't know exactly what <laughs> what to think of it at the time to- at this current point in time because you know there is gonna be. All kinds of things going on with it. Um, I will say it does kind of feel like you know, just seeing clips of it, seeing the maps, mm-hmm. it feels like they obviously are aware that they have had a lot of success with the remakes. And it feels like they are trying to monetize that. And there's nothing necessarily wrong about that, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to any stretch of the imagination. It's just something that we'll look back on and say, you know, wow, they really either A, they really missed the ball with this one, or B, they really hit this one out of the park. And there's really no in-between. So I am – it is curious that we're going to see, like – You know, I'm curious to see where it goes from there and what the reception of it is because there is a beta that you can opt into. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to be something that I want to get involved with. Obviously, we didn't get picked for the back for blood for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. but I'm really excited to see if maybe I can get my hands on that beta because I am curious to see what they're going to do exactly with it because they did give you a kind of a good experience or a good explanation, I suppose. But until you actually get to play it and, you know, actually experience it, uh, there's not, you know, nothing set in stone yet for that. hmm Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, but yeah, I yeah. just don't really know. I don't really know what to make of it all because there was a lot to take in with this release, if you will. And I feel like they did a very good job at covering a lot of things, but I do feel like ultimately they might've missed some things in particular, like some, explanations but of course they don't want to give away the whole farm like right off the bat you know what i mean Mm -hmm.
0: no definitely and
1: you know it seems like it's
0: it's gonna be almost i think most people what they want is a resident evil outbreak experience which was like a game from the ps2 era that was surprisingly online on ps2 and a lot of people loved not a lot of people played so a lot of people want something like that that i think a lot of players were hoping that Re- uh, Resident Evil Resistance, the multiplayer component of Resident Evil 3 Remake, were hoping that would be it, but it it didn't seem to scratch the itch that a lot of people wanted out of that. So i I, I mostly see this being just a fun tie-in for the most part for their anniversary, but at the same time too, who the hell knows? It might be something that, you know, a team with Capcom has been working on for quite a while, and they just said, you know, cool, we're going to support this for a while. If it works out great, if people start to like it a little bit, we'll invest more into it. Um, you know, and on the players' end, it's not that much of a commitment that you have to make to it. So, you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see if this can be something that rivals that outbreak experience. And I think a lot of people, like we kind of like I mentioned before, Left for Dead, like. I think a lot of people just want an experience like that where it's more PVE focused. It's more get in with your friends and have a good time and it's not competitive, but it's more, you know, and granted games like, you know, call of duty with their zombies mode, you know, kind of, you know, takes that a bit, but at the same time too, I would rather resident evil has always been a much more cinematic experience. Like I would want something more like left for dead, which literally parodies, you know, being a film like while you're playing it. So, you know, I, I think that's something that'd be really fun with it, but I digress. I'm really excited for the game still also to one thing that I did see kind of pop up on reset era. Uh, Dusk Gollum, who is a leaker in the Resident Evil community who has been very, very, um, he has a very strong track record, which a lot of like reporters and things and journalists reach out to him for opinion, like comments on stuff. Uh, at this point uh, so I feel pretty safe saying this but um, who reached out to him that I just saw on here um, oh uh, Patrick Klepik over at Waypoint um, reached out to him and asked like hey do you know if there's VR that's going to be included with Resident Evil 8 like 7 was because um, he a lot of people are saying ah, it doesn't seem like that and He kind of uh, Dusk Golem kind of said, you know, it was in at some point that he heard um, doesn't know the current status or whatnot. But he did say that he was shocked to see that there are other things that are happening, like 100 percent that they didn't mention today, like a next gen patch for Resident Evil 7. So it seems like, you know, not only I'm shocked that we haven't gotten one for both. RE2 Remake and 3 Remake, especially 3, considering that just released this past year. Um, you know, I'm, I'm shocked we haven't got that yet. So um, it is cool to see that that is getting a next-gen patch, that people get more of a PC experience with that, um, because it is, like I was saying at the top of the show, really great, but I digress. I'm really excited for this game. So, but I don't want to, we got a couple other news articles I want to kind of run through. So we'll move on to that. I'm sure we'll be talking about RE a lot leading up to, the release of its eighth entry in May. So, Mike, let's move on to our next one here. Like I was saying, unfortunately, Cyberpunk back in the news again, of course. Cyberpunk 2077 developers did not believe it was ready to launch in 2020. Shocker. I'm just, I for one am just shocked. But anyways, Matt T. Kim over at IGN has this piece. As always, link in the description. Cyberpunk 2077 was 2020's hottest game and it was shaping up to be a good enough launch or shaping up to be a good enough launch when reviews for the PC version began trickling out a few days before its December 12th release date. But once players got their hands on Cyberpunk 2077, especially the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One versions, excitement turned into frustration as players encountered bugs, glitches and more in a report from bloomberg's jason schreier developers at cd project red knew that the game was not ready for launch in 2020. according to one developer quote they expected the game to be ready in 2022 which is fucking nuts to think based on the progress the team was making back in 2019. beyond just bugs and glitches cyberpunk 2077's overall performance and playability on consoles like the base ps4 and xbox one have been reviled IGN gave the console version of Cyberpunk 2077 specifically a four on its game review or on its review. One hurdle was that the developer tried to develop the engine and the game simultaneously. A decision one developer on Cyberpunk 2077 says was like quote, trying to drive a train while the train tracks are being laid out in front of you at the same time. According to Bloomberg, Cyberpunk 2077's console version, not the PC version has been hammered by players for glitches and bugs, some bugs which are game-breaking and end up crashing the game entirely, or sometimes the system it's being played on. Developers seemingly pushed through challenges by believing that they could overcome some of these obstacles themselves, similar to the infamous, quote, Bioware magic. But Cyberpunk 2077 was also developed through periods of intense crunch. In a follow-up tweet, Schreier claims that despite promises from management that crunch would not be required, some managers guilted employees into working more hours by saying other employees will be working longer to pick up the slack. Salaries were also reportedly low, with one junior programmer reporting making around $700 a month. Jesus Christ. In a video message to public or to the public earlier this week, CD Projekt Red co-founder Marcin uh, Iwinski said uh, says improving the performance of Cyberpunk 2077 is now the studio's number one priority, pushing back the launch of the next gen PS5 and Xbox Series X versions of the game and planned free DLC. It should be noted that the current PS5 and Series X players uh, players are actually playing backwards compatible versions of the PS4 and Xbox One versions of Cyberpunk 2077, but During this message, Iwinski claimed that CD Projekt Red's internal testing did not show many of the bugs and issues players eventually encountered on a console. A statement, some of the uh, social media says, does a disservice to QA testers whose job is it to find and evaluate bugs and performance issues. As for why early previews of Cyberpunk 2077 demoed to the public at events like E3 2019 looked better than the final product, that's because the demo was, quote, entirely fake, according to a new report. Neither code nor the gameplay was finalized when the demo was made, and months spent working on the fake demo took away from developing the full game. The backlash has led CD Projekt Red to offer an unprecedented full refund policy for uh, Cyberpunk 2077. But while Sony will honor its refunds, it also announced it will remove digital copies of cyberpunk 2077 from the PSN store until this issue is res- resolved. Furthermore, CD Projekt red faces class action lawsuits over misrepresenting the game to consumers. So Mike, to quote a band that we both like now to quote, bring me the horizon quote. It never ends when it comes to <laughs> the development tell of cyberpunk 2077. So, I think what's saddest of all about all of this is I think we both know this more than likely isn't the end of shitty news to come out about this game either. I think that's the worst part is we're really just kind of scratching the surface of just the disastrous mess. This game was, and really currently is still, Um, you know, and the more we learn about the making of this game, the clearer the financial decisions behind it come true, unfortunately. Um, And you could definitely tell once this team went public or once this studio went public and was being publicly funded to a degree, at least a lot of money was being, you know, forced for them to do their actions. Um, you know, and really if these remarks that supposed CD project, Red employees made anonymously are true, Mike, what does this really signal to the AAA games industry? You know, how does something like this happen when many are stating that a 2022 target date as early as 2019 that this was said seems to be the case, you know, while two years isn't an astronomical, you know, amount of time, it seems to align with what the final project could have needed to achieve the vision that this game originally had that two years seems about right for this game to sit in the oven for a little bit. So, you know, what does this kind of say for the space that AAA gaming is in right now on this scale?
1: I, I would say it's extremely concerning because this is a game that once it was, you know, announced that it was going to be mm-hmm. um, delayed in the way that it was to me, you know, I said, I think I was on record saying that there's no way in hell that this game comes out on time. Like mm-hmm. there's no way that it's going to be ready. They really need to delay it again and alas they didn't and again it's not really a huge surprise that they didn't delay it because of the amount of money that they dumped into it but i would like to say that it was definitely avoidable had they just you know not worried about the dollar sign at the end of the day if they would have actually worried about the people that go into you know these decisions what's you know how games are made when these decisions are being made, they weren't necessarily concerned about the right things, it feels like, because they were so ready to just at any cost pump this game out. And to me, I look at this game and I'm shocked that the game, you know, wasn't delayed. It should have been delayed. And now we see all these stories coming out that basically tell us that everything we were worried about, as far as corporations and things of that nature is true when it comes to the developers that developed, you know, cyberpunk, uh, CD project red. We see them in the news again, countless amounts of times in negative ways. And it's disheartening and it sucks because not only were the employees seemingly set up for failure, um, the company was so complicit in creating this obvious you know failure that was coming down the tracks at them mm-hmm. that there was almost nothing that could have been done to avoid the failure because of the decisions that the company was making, you know, down the down the road. Um, hopefully people, you know, the question is, what will other game developers take from this debacle? And I hope that they sh- see that while there is undoubted one while there is like unarguable pressure on companies to develop and create games that make that make money. Uh-huh. you have to be mindful that just because something is supposed to make money doesn't mean that it's like anything goes in trying to achieve that goal that is making tons of money. By selling tons of copies, and now you know we see this game fall so flat. I hope that other development companies, namely Three Four Three, is one that comes to mind almost instantly. Mm -hmm. That, like, no matter how much money you throw at the problem, now all you all you've done is create an extreme money pit, and you haven't solved any issues that you have. Mm -hmm. You just threw more and more money at it, which didn't help anything. In fact. In this case, it, it it seemingly made it worse because for one person, a junior developer to be making $700 a month, and you're talking about the massive amounts of money that were going into this game, mm-hmm. now it makes them look even worse because what the hell are you spending this money on? Where the Where's it going? Yeah. And I know, like, we can't really know for sure how much it costs to make like we don't get an itemized like it costs this much money to make an engine it costs this much money to do this this much money for voice acting yada yada Mm -hmm. like we're not going to get that breakdown but like you know that's something that some people would look at and say like what the hell are you guys doing you're spending all this money on this and this and this but you're not spending any money where it matters Mm -hmm. yeah so i mean that's that's kind of what what i would say about the entire thing is like money doesn't solve everything Mm-hmm. In fact, in this case, it seems like it made a lot more issues than needed to be made. Mm-hmm.
0: No, and I agree. And that's where, you know, it's, you know, to kind of look at it, you could throw even the sports analogy because like there's so many, you know, people who are fans of gaming and stuff that, you know, and gaming's getting to a populous level of sorts that, you know, a lot of people are looking at you know, certain developers and stuff as, you know, similar to sports teams and following them and, you know, being fans of them and treating, you know, their properties kind of like players and things like that, that, you know, at this point, like you look at, you know, for example, you look at baseball, baseball has no salary cap. So the richest team in theory could just pay to win for the most part. It doesn't always work like that though. I mean, hell look at the Cubs for years years the cubs would spend a shit ton of money but they would never win like it so it doesn't mean that you know money doesn't necessarily mean that you're paying for something to come out good from a creative standpoint Mm -hmm. that you know hey we could do all of this but then when you look at the way that things are and the income inequality within that studio right now if you're hearing oh a junior programmer a programmer Somebody who probably has some sort of computer science degree, I would imagine, or some kind of certification within computer science to have a background where they're comfortable enough to program one of the biggest, quote unquote, biggest games of this console or last console generation, I guess, now being a PS4, or Xbox One game. And they're coming out making $700 a month. A month that's asinine whenever you have people at the top with cd product red making millions i'm sure millions that doesn't make any sense that that alone tells you how much the state of this industry that we love has started to go awry and that could possibly also come from you know hey Gaming is more popular than ever and we're seeing the negative side of that because more people than ever want to work in gaming want to be involved in making games that you know that mindset of and as somebody who works you know and being quite frank somebody who works in the sports industry right now you know it was always preached to people who wanted to work within sports that in entertainment and stuff like that and really anything that you know kind of falls into the entertainment you know atmosphere that you know, it was always preached. Well, you know, you're getting to do this. So that makes up for, you're getting to work at a baseball stadium. You're getting to work and do this and work games. Like that makes up for low pay or that. You yeah, know, that makes a up good for trade-off. how bad my job sucks. And you know what? Fuck that. That is a job is a job is a job. You're there to do a duty. You're there to, you're, you're being, you're there to be paid for doing a duty. And, It doesn't matter. And that's not saying, hey, that's not me talking bad on my job or anything like that by no means. But like I tell, you know, a lot of, I actually got to talk to a class of kids today uh, from my undergrad, uh, the head of my undergrad program asked me to Zoom call with one of his classes. And what I talked to him about was like, you know, this, this line of work burns you out. You're asked to work a lot. You're, you know, asked to do this, but don't Ne- never don't value your free time. Don't ever know that this is a job and you have to have that work-life balance. It's okay to say no. It's okay to say, no, I'm not blowing off a vacation with my family. No, I'm not doing this. And it comes down to two, which we're seeing more and more with income inequality, especially in the US. And I don't want to go completely down that rabbit hole, but you know, we're seeing it right here that leads me to see how bad this studio is and where things alone go wrong that you know you're seeing somebody who has like i said probably a computer science degree or some kind of certification within computer science so that they're you know good enough or understand programming enough to take a role in developing this game and programming for a large studio that they're only getting paid 700 a month 700 a month that's just asinine that's like part-time money for working on a job that is, you know, Hey, but don't worry. You're going to have your name in the credits of this game that hopefully will be one of the best games of all time. And it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't, it doesn't matter if your name's in the credit. It, it just, it seemed this industry on the development end and two on the media end. I, I've, I've tons of friends who now or acquaintances that I've made that work in media, work for large scale publications and games, media that, they're talking about no. This is more across that end too. We're seeing crunch on that end. We're seeing things like that. That it just doesn't. If you're getting paid, I can't. Um, you know, I don't expect. If you ask me, if I'm that, if I'm that dude working for seven hundred dollars a month, working overtime, not getting paid for it, and I'm getting paid seven hundred dollars a month, and I'm being forced into that role, how? At some point, you you expect that the work isn't going to be that good because they're going to get pissed off. They're going to, how well do you think their work's going to be if they're being incentivized by, hey, here is a, you know, at minimum, a fourth of what you probably should be making a month to be working here. You know what I mean? Does that Mm -hmm. like, like at some point you have to, you have to be like, this person's probably going to know their worth. Like I'm worth more than $700 a month for the work I'm doing. Like, fuck them. I'm not doing this type of thing. And they're going to stop working for them. You know, and we're going to see stuff like this where maybe at first they did envision a 2020 release date coming out of this. And then they started crunching and more people started pushing back and more shit started hitting the fan. And the fact that, you know, this and to be quite honest, this makes me feel better about Halo Infinite more than anything, because at least 343 took well over a fucking year to make their engine first. I'll give them that if they took the time to make the engine first before they even fucking touched a- the actual game of what they were going to develop, <laughs> Halo Infinite. So at least they're fucking miles ahead of CD Projekt Red with this one. <laughs> so, but yeah, man, it's,
1: it, it just, it stinks. But she would have had that on their 2020, well, now 2021 bingo card, that 343 would actually do something right compared to CD Projekt Red? Because right. I know, <laughs> you know, I've been a pretty big naysayer. I've been a, someone who's been pretty, you know, dis- like you know, pretty critical of three, four, three for sure. But this is something where you can look at it and be like, wow, three, four, three actually did something, you know, that makes some, some, at least at some, yeah, yeah. At least at some level, it makes sense. You know what I mean?
0: Right. No, totally agree. Totally agree.
1: Mike, let's move into
0: our last article for this weekend. Unfortunately, usually I'm trying to end on a good note. I usually try to, but we kind of front ended the show. We, we, we started the show on a really exciting, good note. But I'm sure this one stings for you a little bit. And I'm, sp- I'm going to give you the floor kind of to make your make your case for why this is not the right move, I'm sure. But Team Ninja's next project is not Neo 3 or New Ninja Guy, And this comes from Sharif Siad over on Fiji 24-7, as always, link in the description. It looks like Team Ninja is ready to take on something new. Team Ninja's next project may not be a new entry in any of its familiar st- series. The studio is getting ready to ship Neo 2 complete edition on PC and PS5 as well as a remaster of the original game on Sony's console. Once those are out, however, this may be the last we see of Neo. Speaking to the gamer, uh Team Ninja's uh Fumiaki, Fumiako Yasuda. I hope I didn't butcher that. I'm really bad with names. Said that the studio is not currently working on Neo 3. Quote, Team Ninja would like to focus on some uh, work, focus on working on new titles. So theres really isn’t a plan for Neo 3 at this point, said Yasuda. But after creating some new projects and gaining some new experience and skills for those new potential projects, I would like to go back to the series at some point, utilize all the experience and new skills that we gained from some new projects uh, from some new projects and create an even greater game to surpass Neo and Neo 2 and create something even better. Yasuda also shot down the idea that perhaps Team Ninja would be going back to Ninja Gaiden. Quote, nothing to announce or note specifically this time, but if the Ninja Gaiden series hadn't existed, then there wouldn't have been a Neo series, the Neo franchise director said. That's a really important series to Team Ninja. While we don't have anything specific to announce at this time, I would like to say just look forward to some potential news of some kind of announcement in the near future, he added. Likely referring to an upcoming Ninja Gaiden remaster collection leaked last year. So, what's next for Team Ninja then? Yasuda could only reveal that the studio is working on numerous, or on a number of projects. Indeed, Tim Ni- Team Ninja recently teased that 2021 will be full of announcements from the studio. That said, Yasuda hinted in an interview that the game developer may take on the challenge of creating an open-world game in part because of the fast SSD in every PS5 and and Xbox Series X. Let's not you know downplay that at least, but the PS5's SSD is really dope. I'm not gonna lie. I digress. I know, Mike, this is probably a tough pill for you to swallow. As we've been talking about, man, I hope Team Ninja goes back to Ninja Gaiden. It seems very evident that they're gonna go back to Ninja Gaiden, but at least there seems to be a little bit of hope regarding a Ninja Gaiden remaster of some sorts in the works. Um you know, obviously if everything comes up, you know, ends up coming true from that previous leak that both mentioned the story and we've talked about before on the show, but now that we've seen team ninja tackle a new series for a few entries you know it definitely would have been nice to see them tackle a new take on ninja Gaiden. you know for the next generation of consoles so they aren't working on ninja Gaiden title or new neo title so mike what are they working on what are you hoping to see from a new title from a ninja theory you know or ninja theory i'm thinking anyways uh team ninja game sorry You know, what are you hoping to see from a team Ninja game in 2021 and beyond, you know, given their pedigree with the two series that have been, you know, received pretty consistent praise across the board from fans and critics alike, you know, where do they go from here? And two, on top of that, if this collection of Ninja Gaiden games is true, is that something that you feel is, you know, going to be, you know, appetizing for a lot of fans for the time being or does it still kind of just okay? Yeah, this is great, but it's still not what we want from the fan base.
1: I mean, I don't want to try to speak, you know, on behalf of all of the Ninja Gaiden fans out there because I don't feel like that's fair for me to do personally. Mm-hmm. But you know, fuck it. I would. <laughs> I, I am going to speak on everyone's behalf because I. I would say that without a doubt, pretty much. Anyone that's a Ninja Gaiden fan at this point is going to be severely saddened by this news mm-hmm. because there were leaks coming out about, oh, they're making a new Ninja Gaiden game, blah, blah, blah. Then mm-hmm. obviously it comes to comes to light that that's not actually the case. And um, obviously, being a fan, you want to play a new iteration of the game that you love so dearly. Like, I love Ninja Gaiden. Mm-hmm. And it sucks that, you know, they're not coming out with a new one. But at the same time, Ninja Gaiden's a game to me that if you aren't in it for real, like you don't care about it, you don't want to actually create that project, then I would prefer you not to create a Ninja Gaiden at all. Mm-hmm. If you're not, you know, 100% full bore, this is what we should do. Mm-hmm. So it's a bittersweet moment because obviously they're not com- committed to creating a new Ninja Gaiden. Mm-hmm. As sad as that makes me to admit. But... um you know, it, it also means that they're not going to release something half-assed, which we do see too often in the in the industry nowadays. Mm-hmm. As far as a new game, you know, without it being Neo 3 or a new Ninja Gaiden, you would have to say that a Ninja Theory game would only make sense to be some type of adventure game. Now, what that's going to be, I don't really have anything... I have no clue, like, you know, where, where we could even go with this as far as a game mm-hmm. is concerned, because they have been so intrinsically tied to these two ips for so long that going somewhere new you would have to imagine it would be you know something in that family of genre Mm uh some people call it hack and slash i think it's ninja at least especially is probably too difficult to be considered a hack and slash in my opinion Mm -hmm. but nevertheless i just would like to see you know A game that they care about, that they want to make, that challenges me in a way that Ninja Gaiden does, but also tells a great story. Because, you know, for all things considered, when you're looking at Ninja Gaiden as a game, if you play the first or Black, you're going to see or experience a game that's, you know, very difficult. Uh, It's something that's going to punish the shit out of you. You have to adapt you have to learn you're constantly being challenged there's Mm -hmm. new tactics and you you have to pick up on those and also you know it's also a pretty good story driven game at least black is there's a lot going on sure and yeah it might not be the top focus but you know for all intents and purposes it tells a really good story about a ninja who is trying to get vengeance for his family for his tribe for his family that you know lost their lives trying to defend the one thing they were on earth to do their mission was to defend the black dragon sword mm-hmm. and they failed ultimately but it it told a really good story about that struggle and you know him coming back and, and avenging his family which is you know obviously uh, not maybe a textbook ending because you would have thought maybe there'd be a happy happily ever after with him and rachel the potential love interest but they also make it apparent that there's really no time for love in a ninja's life Mm -hmm. because he just is off onto another mission. He leaves her and doesn't even without even really saying a word and he's gone. Mm -hmm. And to me, um, the way that game ended, it's, it's tremendous. And uh, if they are really that interested in creating a new Ninja Gaiden, then that's okay. And we'll wait patiently for, Hopefully, there to be a new installment at some point in time because I just want it done right at the end of the day. Mm-hmm.
0: No, definitely. And, you know, I, me as somebody who has kind of appreciated this franchise from afar and, and played a little bit of, you know, Ninjagon Black and stuff like that, but, you know, never truly fully dived into the series. I was hoping this would be, you know, hey, we're making a new one and this is my entry point. But, as somebody who has wanted to get into the series for a while, you know, I hope that the collection is, you know, the leak of that comes true, which it sounds like it is. I mean, they they wouldn't be saying, hey, we have announcements to come, you know, they about, you know, hey, it's not a new game, but we do have something, you know, planned to announce regarding Ninja Gaiden later this year. Clearly, that is alluding properly to that, given the leaks. For me, I'm excited about that, because that opens up the possibility of, more players like me getting their hands on these games specifically if this is hey which i doubt i'm sure it's probably coming to xbox one ps4 you know and pc too but at least with backwards compatible they'll be able to play it on the new consoles but if this was hey this is coming out on ps5 and you know optimized for series x um or series s you you get what i'm saying but hey this is a reason to pick up these consoles this is you know Hey, you just bought your new console. This is a good, good game to buy. You're looking for stuff to buy for for this console to play on this console, um, you know, in games that are optimized for it, you're wanting the best experience out of it. So, you know, I would I would love to see something like that. Will that probably happen? Probably not. But at the same time, it is what it is, you know, I'm sure it'll run great on backwards compatibly, you know, through those consoles and you know, it'll be fine. And especially to playing on, I would imagine probably coming to PC, you know, cool. Awesome. Especially with Neo coming, I feel pretty safe that it will come to PC. Um, But, you know, I personally would like to see something like that because I want to get used to playing games of that caliber in terms of, you know, what need or like the skill gap or the skill level that comes with playing those games in terms of, you know, it's not, it's, it's hard it's punishing, but it's not completely unfair. And you learn from, you know, each time you play it, each time you, you know, lose or die, you're. it's almost that cuphead effect. It's almost that Dark Souls effect, which I'm sure Dark Souls took a lot of influences from Ninja Gaiden and games akin to that, that, you know, you're learning what certain bosses do, what movesets they have, what, you know, what phases they're in whenever they're attacking, that you learn what you did wrong, and only kind of learn from your mistakes. And that leads to success. And I want to start playing more games like that. That kind of push me to and challenge me to kind of overcome obstacles compared to necessarily just straight story driven games. Um, you know, and I've, I've, you know, obviously played games like Cuphead, Dark Souls, things like that. But they've kind of taken a backseat for a lot of different games that I'm playing. But I would like to kind of get back in and try to, you know, play some of those games. Um, and starting with potentially, hopefully a Ninja Gaiden collection that we see coming out, a remastered one, but I digress. So Mike, before we wrap up the show this week, send them to party chat, which if you're new to the show, that's when we propose a question at the end of each show every week that we just want to talk about. A discussion point could be as simple as what's your favorite story beat of game What have you been playing during quarantine? Or it could be a little more in-depth as to why the negative stigma around gaming still exists and such. And after answering it ourselves, we'll kick it over to you to tweet your responses to the question over on our Twitter at GPGC Podcast, as well as our email you can write in there too. And we'll read some of the responses the following week. Last week's question, do you see this console generation becoming the one that fully integrates Discord, into the respective systems os and hartman play 852 over on twitter said if any console i expect to see see it with is xbox given how they update and refresh their os and dashboard which that's a good point i didn't really think of that they do update that shit a lot and change it a lot so i can see that happening this week's question mike for 2021 i want you to give me what is one thing that you don't, that you wouldn't expect? Because right now we're, we're in, we keep talking about this fucking bingo card that nobody is expecting shit to get on. I want you to give me one, hey, who was expecting that to be on the bingo card for 2021? Give me one of those examples that you're hoping to see in 2021. An off the wall thing that, you know what, that's crazy, but that's just crazy enough that it might happen. I want you to give me a prediction, one prediction for 2021 like that in gaming obviously. <laughs> I mean maybe we could have, you know, hey, the zombie apocalypse is going to happen this year and I'd be like, well, we are coming off a pandemic. So, yeah, you know, shit happens, I guess. <laughs> I would
1: like to see I would uh, you know, you're talking about what's going to be scratched off the bingo card, something out of out of nowhere that we're going to see. Mhm. Um Let's see. I'm gonna go with it's something that's not gonna happen. But that, if hey, it does, okay. but if it does, I'm just gonna shrug and be like, "Thank God." <laughs> it, it, for the first time, like you know, there's been a, lo- a lot of negative stuff that have that has happened through 2020, and even 2021's off to kind of a rough start, especially for us here in the states. Mm-hmm. I would like to see. A true Rainbow Six, um, like a classic Rainbow Six experience. Mm-hmm. So at least released, like not not. Uh, I mean not released. I mean announced. Mm-hmm. So I would like them to say, yeah, you know we've we have Siege. It's it's going great, but it, it's getting up there in age. Blah blah blah. It's it's time to you know start thinking about you know what's going to be next for us. And I'm hoping it's a more classic maybe not ding Chavez type experience because that is really classic but i'm just hoping to get a fresh iteration of a rainbow six game that feels you know like the classics and again it's 2021 so that's not going to happen but if it does come off my bingo card i just have to you know get some positivity going out there because everyone's so negative and for probably good reason in a sad way because it's just life's been so crazy recently Mm -hmm. but for me like if i'm hoping that i can speak this thing into existence or alternatively you're gonna get a bonus one because we just got terrible news Mm -hmm. that i fucking hope that you know ninja theory comes out and says oh no we were just lying because people think that we were pissed (laughs) we're actually coming out with a new ninja guide and like that would be great i would love life Mm
0: -hmm. you know i this kind of hit me earlier today when i was thinking about this question Technically, technically, and uh, this is this technicality. This is this is tinfoil hat time. Uh This year is the 20th anniversary of Halo CE. Technically, from what I've heard and what we've seen and whatnot. 343 has another game in development, supposedly. Whoa, I think we see what that game is this year. Now, who knows what the scale is? who knows what type of experience this is. Hell, it could be some kind of like, Hey, we were working on some kind of, you know, project that involves MCC of some sorts. And, or where, you know, we completely, you know, we did another anniversary edition of Halo CE or something like that. I don't know, but I think we see that this year, or we at least get it announced because of how much is around the 20th anniversary of, Halo in general um, with infinite being pushed back. I think a ton of people are one seeing the writing on the wall of, Oh yeah, it's the 20th anniversary. And that makes a lot of sense that they would just hold it for that long, gives them more time to develop. But I think Microsoft will want to build so much more around this game than they already have that with the delay, with this being the anniversary, with this being Microsoft's flagship franchise, This is the first time they're having one of those Mario moments. And I say that in Nintendo, every five years, they're putting out some kind of, hey, it's the 35th anniversary of Zelda. Hey, it's the 30th anniversary of Mario. Hey, it's this and that, like that they're putting out these anniversaries all the time. Same with Sony. Sony started to have that now, you know, over the past 10 years, Microsoft hasn't had that ability to do that hey we have a major milestone where oh yeah 10 year anniversary that's cool yeah definitely but now you're starting to enter into that like fabled history of games um that not many you know hardware manufacturers their exclusive titles you know always necessarily get to do where this game franchise is still running to this date um so i think they're going to try to build something up around that um now who the hell knows that may not come to fruition and I may be wrong just like you are saying like who the fuck knows but I'd love to see it happen I'd love to see something like off the wall that people are like oh fuck like people like us who have been critical of 343 and rightfully so to agree that it's like I want to see us be surprised by them because they are predictable to a degree because it's the Halo studio yeah they're working on Halo what mm-hmm. else are they working on you know there's something Literally. else because they have Hundreds of employees at 343 par- proper alone. So, like, supposedly they're having another project in the works. I would like it to be something obviously smaller scale, but this surprises us. That kind of catches us off guard to be like, whoa, I did not see that coming, type of thing. So, Mike, I think that's going to do it for our episode this week. Why don't you tell people where they can find you on the interwebs? Talk about everything we talked about, our hype around Resident Evil 8 our hype around anything involving really Resident Evil in general. We fucking gushed about Resident Evil this series or this episode, but, uh, you know, cyberpunk, twenty seventy seven the continuous shit show surrounding that and the heartbreak around team Ninja and no Ninja guy. Proper, I guess entry coming soon. Where can people find you to talk about all the nerdy stuff that we do on the internet?
1: You can find me on Twitter at T-O-Y-S-X-L-D-I-E-R. That's Toy Soldier, and the second O is an X. Or you can find me on Twitch at MP underscore Toy Soldier. Uh, feel free to stop in there at either one of those locations and let me know what you've been thinking about the show. I want you think about the new microphone quality, because I will say uh, I'm hoping that it does make a, you know, a significant difference when it comes to the quality of the uh, recording.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. I thought it sounded great so far. I mean, I know this was your first time around, but doing it with a new microphone but i thought the level sounded good and this is obviously a little inside baseball or whatever that we're talking about but fucking uh no i thought it sounded good i was really happy with the product that was put out like this product that you're using now because it's a sennheiser right uh no this is a samson it's oh the G-Tech. that's right that's yep. right i've heard good things about that so and obviously, it sounds pretty good, but I digress. Anyways, I'm your host, as always, Travis White, a.k.a. Travelis on most internet platforms, including at Travelis underscore on Twitter. That's T-R-A-V-L-E-S-S underscore. You can also find me streaming time to time on Twitch.tv slash underscore, same as Twitter. And if you want to play some games with me, good old Vigi Games, man, you can do so over on Xbox Live. Really, any platform is just regular Travelist. That's T R A. V L E S S no underscore. And this ladies and gentlemen has been your newest episode of the game pass game your weekly go to podcast for all things, Xbox, Xbox game pass and PC gaming, including news, rumors and conversations around them. Damn good video games. You can catch new episodes of the show when they drop each and every Friday morning on YouTube, Apple podcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all other major podcast services. So be sure to subscribe to us, rate us, review us all that jazz, wherever you get a podcast that and, Follow us on Twitter at GPGC Podcast. Stay up to date with everything regarding the show. Ninja Games like him are dope giveaways. With that being said, it's going to do it for our episode this week, Mike. Thank you everyone so much for listening, sharing, and being a part of our growing community. Game on, wash your hands, listen to the doctors, Black Lives Matter, and we will see you next week.